could say a lot of different things, right? Like me and you hunted together last year. And you know what? That was so much fun just being around each other and the animals that we did get into and we didn't get into. It was fun. At the very end of camp, we could talk about a lot of different things, but it's all about like bringing each other together as friends and then bringing each other together as maybe future friends and, and future clients, right? It's not all the time about getting after animals, but if we do get after them and you get an opportunity and you fail at that opportunity, that's success. In my book, that's success. And you know what? You can come back and you will have stories to tell someone else. I love to take out friends all the time, but it don't always end up with success. It no, always well, ends up with, with, with stories, right. stories to tell. When we get up in the morning, they were bugling all night. And at a certain point, they kind of shut up. And I was like, they didn't go nowhere. They here. And uh, we hit the hard ball. I say hard ball, just dirt road. And kind of drove the road and was trying to relocate these bulls. Mm -hmm. And it was only me, Byron, and my buddy Berg. And my buddy Berg has never killed a bull up to this point. And he's hunted for years. And uh, sure enough, Pulled the truck over. It's kind of like that night bugling, shuffling the road. I let off a location bugle and then boom, the bulls just start going nuts. Now remind you, I'm only about half a mile to a mile away from camp. You know, you get those cows that go into estrus. Maybe they didn't get bred. And then sometimes later in the October frame or November frame, they still come in the heat and then they get bred later, which leads me up to kind of where you, you see those calves in early August, late August, maybe in early September, and those calves still have spots. Hey guys, real quick before we get into this episode, I need you to do me a couple of favors. First, go give us a review on iTunes. Can't stress it enough. It's really, really important for me to help keep this free and to help me keep it going. Next, get involved with your hunting rights. Go join Howl for Wildlife. Super simple. Takes a couple minutes. You can even do the free membership. I don't care. But be involved. Lastly, I want you to do yourself a favor and up your shooting game. And go get you some Phoenix shooting bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%. That's all I got for you. Let's get into this episode. Hi, welcome to Days in the Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast brought to you by Phoenix Shooting Bags. Today, we are catching up with my friend, Jermaine Hodge. What's up, bro? Hey, man. What's going on with you? So, uh, Just getting ready for tack. What about yourself? Not getting ready for tack. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I'm so, I've been so busy with work. I haven't even... This is the first time in years maybe in my whole adult life that I can remember that I'm not hunting at least July or August at all. I have zero, yeah. zero hunts on the books. Normally I'll be like, all right, well at least I, you know, if, even if I didn't plan anything, I would be like, all right, well I got deer here in Arizona. I can fall back on in, in August and I'll go do that. But that only works out when I, when you have a deer tag, but I don't have a deer tag because I shot a deer in January. But normally I was, you know, in July, end of July, I go to California, go chase blacktail and pigs around. And I'm um, not doing that this year. There's a very slight, slight possibility that I might hunt bear the end of August here in Arizona for a couple of days, just, you know, not too far from the house, but an hour and a half drive. But uh, yeah, that's it, man. My first hunt is actually Idaho elk. So... When are, when are you doing that? I think I get there on the seventeenth of September. I gotta look right around there. Cause I'm 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 in Idaho on the fifteenth. Are you? Oh, nice. I yeah. that's where I used to hunt when the first time I ever went hunting elk. Well, first and only time before I started hunting where I'm at now, I should say, I would hunt up there. My my cameraman was from Kamii or is from Kamii. He still does works for me, but my. You know, since I don't have the TV show anymore, I don't call my cameraman. My my good friend Levi. Anyway, we used to go up there, hunt a bear up there, hunt a deer up there, elk. But 
yeah, it's kind of all it's all kind of gone it, downhill. It's some thick, thick country, and it's mm. it's tough country to get into. I would say this is uh, when you have three world champions together hunting hunting elk. I mean, watch out, elk. So yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. You know, there's a lot of logistic things that go in into play, especially when you're trying to get it all on uh, film. So we're all in the mix and we're communicating with each other. But I could tell you, man, if there's elk in the country, we'll find them. Nice. What what? Who are you going up there with? I'm going up there with Tony. Tony's a uh, you know ex world champion, and uh, and then uh, I'm going up there with Eric, which was uh, shoot 22 world champion, and uh, we're all gonna go up there and try to get it done, man. Nice, man. It's gonna be tough, but it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Three tags, three tags in 15 days. Let's see if we can get it done. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At least you got some time on your hands. It's not. Not absolutely yeah, no. terrible. Yeah. No, and, and and Eric will be there a little bit ahead of us. Of course, I'm try, I'm still trying to get a Colorado tag. Mm. You know, the second draw came out of Colorado, and uh, you know, pretty much everybody in my circle did not draw anything for that secondary draw for Colorado, which is very strange. But I can tell you this is, uh, you know, everybody's getting hip on Colorado, and and um. Everybody's known about Colorado for years, and and now more people are trying to get into Colorado, right? Um, especially after COVID years and stuff. And they're like, "Yo, we can go do these tags." So, uh, yeah. you know, which it, which it, which is not a bad thing. It's just right. you know, just makes it a little more. Yep, for yep, sure. Just puts a little bit more pressure on everybody else. Which means when you get a tag, you just got to spend more time, give it more uh, effort. More effort, yeah. Yep, a little bit more effort. That's all it is. And uh, for me, I I, I really concentrate on uh, some of these draw units. And and uh, as you know before, you know you've hunted with me. If I could get a draw tag over a, a over the counter right. tag, then I, I'm definitely going to do that for sure. You know why not? <laughs> Those over the counter units that you know you're talking about. Yeah. Putting in effort to get away from people. That's tough, man. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But um, I don't. Yeah, so we're gonna spend some time in in uh, Idaho, and then uh, we're also going to spend some time hunting some some late season elk in Colorado. So we'll see. Nice. We'll see what happens. Oh yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah, what you got in mind this year? I don't know, man. I, like I said, I, my first hunt is. Is elk in Idaho, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to New York to visit family. Saw so hunt there in October. Both my girls drew a rifle tag here in October, so I got those hunts going on. And then, what time season is that? Uh, so like mid October for. I think it's all mid October. Like they, I think we get back from New York, and I got like two or three days, maybe, with the girls to get their tag filled. It's kind of ill planned. Wow, it's kind of ill planned. I don't know, man. Yeah, we'll, that's a lot of pressure. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And then uh, November, the plan is uh, South Dakota. I'll be there for fifteen days. So, man. You had a blast last year. You hit me up last year about South Dakota, and uh, you've always done pretty good up in South Dakota, and that's it sounds like a lot of fun up there. Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. It's hard for me to use the word favorite, but it's pretty damn close to my favorite hunt that I do every year. Yeah. I, um, I really enjoy chasing mule deer in the rut. Um, yeah. I like doing it here in Arizona and I like doing it there. The only thing that rivals that, to be honest with you, for me is, is the elk rut. So I, I'll go there. I usually go there. I hunt five days for myself and the rest of the time I'm guiding. So, you know, it's, it's fun. I'm starting to kind of get a little, I want to say burnt out. It's not that I'm burnt out cause I still enjoy doing it. I right. just don't know if I want to do it anymore and that's guiding over there 
Right. It's just because you, you weren't doing it as a hunter. Yeah, yeah. It's because for me, it's like you know, you only get so many get out of jail free cards, right? With the wife, and right. uh, man, just taking all that time away from the wife and kids. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it more for me, not for. I, you know, I agree. You know, and I really, agree. honestly, the only reason why I do take people there is to keep my leases active uh, so that I can hunt there. Really. I mean, it's so it comes down to it like, do I just want to eat the cost and hunt for myself or do I continue doing what I'm doing to cover my bills? You know, no, yeah, do at least do it for a couple more years. But you know what? The question would be is, are your clients having a good time and are they they killing stuff, right? Absolutely. And if even if they're not killing stuff, they're having a great time with the camaraderie of everybody being around them, Mm -hmm. and that's that's the biggest deal, right? Yeah, because we can say a lot of different things, right? Like me and you hunted together last year. And you know what? That was so much fun just being around each other and, and, and the, the animals that we did get into and we didn't get into. Mm-hmm. It was fun. At, at the very end of camp, we could talk about a lot of different things, but it's all about like bringing each other together as friends and then bringing each other together as maybe future friends and, and future clients. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm talking on the aspect of, uh, people that you might bring in. Right. Yeah. So luckily for me, almost everybody that I've taken have become friends. So it's, it's been really, it's been really good. And this year we actually have, we have a friend coming to get, well, one, one guy's a friend and the other guy, I don't know uh, that we're guiding. So I don't know. I don't know the second guy, but so usually that, you know, that makes it easier. And because you, you're, you're invested in it emotionally then too. Like, you know, you want that person to really enjoy it. And so have a good time. Yeah. That's what it's all about, man. Have a good time. Yeah. Even if you kill something or you don't kill something, man, have a good time. Yeah. I honestly, well, last year I didn't get one, but I, I shot one and I couldn't find it. But for the most part, every time we've, I've never had a client, I've never had a client not at least shoot. So 100% awesome, shot opportunity, but we've had our fair share of misses. Um, but everybody's had great opportunity and had, a, you know, we've had a lot of success. That's a, it's, it's one of those hunts that I know the land very well. I know the deer very well. And that it, it usually translates into, into success as long as you're, you know, a capable, a capable hunter, you know, most of the time things will fall in our place. You're going to get an opportunity. So. Right. But right. anyway. Uh, well, I mean, I, I would, I would explain that to everybody else. Like, you know, to the listeners right now, like, listen, you know what? It's not all the time about getting after animals, but if we do get after them and you get an opportunity that, and you fail at that opportunity, that's success. In my book, that's success. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can come back and you will have stories to tell someone else. I love to take out friends all the time, but it don't always end up with success. No, it always well, ends up with, with, with stories, right. stories to tell. Exactly. You can't guarantee success. I don't care. That's, that's well, right. Unless you're in a freaking pen, you know. That, and that's right. It's not guaranteed. Success is not guaranteed. I don't care. You know, all those, this kind of like irks me all the time when people like look down their nose at guys that go with outfitters and whatnot. And I don't just say that because I am an outfitter, but you know, before, before I even started guiding and all that, I never thought people who use an outfitter or went, I just thought, Hey, it's just another opportunity. This guy's providing, but you don't realize how much is on you. Okay, so all right, point in you took me last year. I went with you, okay, you're a freaking championship milk caller and you know right. you know that that unit better than pretty much most people. And I went there with you. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity. You created an opportunity for me. Okay. You called in a bull and 
I wasn't able to shoot it. Right. You know, I didn't put myself in the right spot, so I didn't shoot it. And then the bull before that, that same morning, you know, freaking, I had two shots at it and I missed two times. Now, yes, I had problems with my freaking rangefinder picking up the fog, but, you know, it's on you. It's on the hunter, you right? Can't, you can't guarantee, back to what we were saying, you can't guarantee anything. Right. You can't. So it, that's what I'm saying. Because when you out there, when you out there in the woods, man, things change, man. It's different out there. And little do you know, maybe it's fog because we did run into some fog issues. And then for most people that don't understand, is when you trying to range in the fog, mm-hmm. I don't care what rangefinder you have. That rangefinder is going to throw all kinds of stuff at you. Mm-hmm. Dense, dense fog will throw that rainfinder off. And yeah, we were in some dense fog and there was bulls right in front of us. But hey, the rainfinder threw out a number and we we thought it was guaranteed, but it wasn't. Oh yeah. I, mean, we, <laughs> I was like, this is a slam. Yeah, we we, we sit back and was like, and we're both looking at our rangefinders and we're both like Yours said 12 yards. Mine said 20. We don't know what's going on here. (laughs) It's funny when you look back at the scenarios, but, you know, and and you try to create those scenarios on the range, but you you look back at stuff like that, and you're like, wow, you cannot create those scenarios. Right. And if you did, you'd you'd almost fail 90% of the time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I uh you know, I I don't have a lot going on here in Colorado. What I do have going on is work the leftover list, of course, and uh and then I have a tag in Idaho that I just mentioned. And then uh what most of your listeners don't know is I drew a moose tag here in Colorado. That's the and I, I'm Shit, super bro. excited about that. I'm super excited about that. It's a cow moose tag. Of course, everybody's like, cow moose. You know, I thought he's at the antlers. Listen, mm. it's all about it's all about filling the freezer. Right. So uh hopefully next year I'll did be you get, able to Did you get that unit we were in yes, last year? Yeah. For moose? Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. You're a slam dunk right there. Slam dunk, dude. I say slam dunk. You still got to work for it. Well, of course, but Jesus. I mean, as yep. far as density is concerned, I've freaking never seen so many damn moose. <laughs> Me neither. I was like, holy smokes, there's so many moose out here. Yeah. Me and my, my son was uh, up in Bailey at um, like a, a new, but still touching. Yeah, like new, but still touching ground. It's called uh, Western Hunt Fest. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's an expo that's been going on. This was the second year. And uh, sure enough, man, dude, we did an expo there. World Championships was going on, and I couldn't be- make World Championships because I had made prior engagements with them. Mm-hmm. And I did an expo there, and then on the way home, we seen a cow and a calf on the way home. In that same unit, and we was like, "Wow, this yeah. is this this go, this should be good. This should be really good." Nice, so man. that's uh, you know, that Western Hunt Fest. I, I think it's going to change next year. This year it was in Bailey, Colorado. Uh, next year I think it's going to change. They had one in uh, New Mexico somewhere, and uh, but that expo is a great expo. There's a lot of like challenges, like the pack out challenge and stuff like that that's going on. But that expo is really good. Got a lot of great vendors that are starting to participate, and um, it's it's a good event on the sideline of TAC. Yeah. So unfortunately, that expo fell in line with TAC this year for uh, Montana for World Championships. Big Sky, it fell right in line with it, and they could not change because they had, you know, probably 100, 150 participants that already signed up. Mm-hmm. So, and then during that expo, you have like the pack out challenge. And if y'all ain't familiar with it, um, you throw uh, 
put some some weight on your back and it's all simulated to be an elk mm-hmm. and you got about a mile mile and a half to pack this this elk out and the fastest one to get back uh wins multiple prizes oh wow. yeah, it, it, yeah it's it's amazing Count me out for that of one. course <laughs> yeah i i, I said I said, I said the same thing. I don't they do said, fast. Yo, shut up, dude. Yeah, you fast. I said, you're freaking like a, like a mountain goat going up the mountain. I'm, yeah, I'm but I told him, I said, I'm not going to do it. I said, I said, well, if we do it Sunday, I might do it with you guys. And then we got to chatting and talking and I was like, nope, not doing it. Yeah. Not going to do it. These guys were blazing fast through that course. And, uh, and it's very interesting to see the dynamics between like maybe the team dynamic mm-hmm. and then the single pack outs. It's it's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool course. And then uh that course, we got to sh- shoot that course and uh man, some of those shots are tough. And just like tack, some of those shots are tough. And uh so I, I'm interested to see where they, they land this next year. But um they did it in New Mexico and it turned out really good. And then they did it here and it turned out really good. Uh I think the participants here were like right around 250, mm-hmm. 250 participants between the archery course and, and all the all the shoots and stuff like that. And that's really good. And it's a big turnout. So Hell yeah. Nice. No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, between the moose tag, between the moose tag and uh and the Idaho tag, I really don't have a lot going on right now for myself. Yeah. Well, I got that, uh, you know, like I said, in South Dakota. And then when I get back, I got a sandhill crane hunt here that I got. Man, that sounds amazing. Three, three days dedicated to that. And then I got a client coming for rifle deer. So because those two seasons overlap, I won't be able to finish out that. And I'm going to take him. And then my wife actually drew a rut tag here for coos deer, which starts like mid-December and go to the end of December, but there's a, it's a pretty good possibility that I'm going to turn that tag back in for her. Cause she's doesn't, I don't know. She, for one, she doesn't seem super excited about it. I don't know why. Usually deer tag she's good about, but that, and we got a bunch of shit going on and the kids being on break and this, this and that. So I don't know. It doesn't look like we're going to go. It doesn't look like we're going to go. So somebody's going to be happy because they're going to get that was on the alternate list is going to get this tag and they're going to be stoked. Really? Yeah. Cause it's a awesome tag, <laughs> you know, but whatever. And she doesn't seem super excited about it. No, no. And if my girls didn't already have a tag, I would just have her transfer it to one of them. Cause she could do that. She can't transfer it to my son. Cause he's not old enough yet. Um, right. Otherwise he'd freaking take it in a heartbeat. So yeah, pretty shitty situation for that tag because i hate this hate that she drew it and now that we're not gonna probably not gonna go because it's it's a good tag it's not just the you know run of the mill tag and then uh charles will come out in january we're gonna go chase javelina and deer and then uh i'll have some clients coming in for february javelina and then i'm gonna start thinking about turkey <laughs> i know just it, like that it, <laughs> yo it, it'll fly by next thing you know you're like yo man here's the next season <laughs> exactly exactly so anyway um got you on to talk some uh some elk stories you got a couple i got a couple for you all right whatever you want whatever you want let's hear it man i'm I, well i know uh, i mean you and i you've shared a lot of stories with me so preferably one that i've never heard that way i know my listeners have never heard it unless you told it well to. i know i know it's getting around that elk season and everybody's itching to like really get after it. But I will tell the listeners, listen, uh, you know, it's a grind. It's, it's never guaranteed as we talked about before Mm -hmm. just now it's never guaranteed because, you know, I shared camp with, with John and, and, and it's never guaranteed. But what I will tell you is as long as you put in the work, sometimes things happen and, uh, you know, I I think after sharing camp with John, I'm in the cahoots with with you. Mm-hmm. Like some units have off seasons and some units have off seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And last year, me and you shared an off season yep. in that particular unit, 
And I will tell you, that unit is good, but we ran into an offseason. And it was hard for me. And if, for the listeners, you know, I dropped a film that it took me 25 days to to fill that tag. Yeah. And uh, I and, would- and I was after a certain caliber of bull. I really was. And, and, uh, and then I had to, you know, drop my standards a little bit towards the end. And I'm like, hey, man. What needs to be filled, the film or your freezer? <laughs> you know, right. and I was like, I was like, my I, my wife and the kids are counting on me to to put some meat in the freezer. So, of course, I was I was looking at a lot bigger bull, and we got it done the next day with a nice age class bull. But in this same unit, let me flash back to like two thousand nine. In this same unit, mm-hmm. 2009 was like a phenom. Mm-hmm. It was unheard of. We had seven tags at camp. And some of us hunted together, some of us didn't, you know. And then I can tell you, like, a couple of these tags were filled early in September. And then a lot of them wasn't. And then... um my wife comes up about mid-September when the rut was really kicking in. But I can tell you that it was absolutely amazing from like, I would say like the 7th or 8th of September to the end of September. It was just nuts. And my wife comes up and she's like, hey, you know, all I'm expecting to do is get in the bulls and she don't have that many days. She never really has that many days to hunt mm-hmm. and uh, five to six days at most. And, uh, I take her into the, my money spot. I'm like, well, if we're going to kill one, we're going to kill one in there. And sure enough, uh, I take her in there the first, the first evening mm-hmm. and she gets up there and she goes in the first evening, her day one, and sure enough, man, we get into some bugling bulls. They're going nuts. And is that and, the, is that the one that you named after the hill that you named? Well, after? I, I named that hill after Serena's hill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so she makes a kill. Right. But she makes a kill. I make a kill. But let's even go even further. There were still tags that needed to be filled at camp. So she kills. She kills. I kill. And there's a bunch of tags that get filled up. And then uh, we got my buddy, my buddy Berg, and he's a chef by trade. And uh, good old Berg. And we're, <laughs> yep, Berg. Berg is at camp, and he's the last one that we have to fill his tag. And uh, we were scrambling. I, I think we were at day 23, 24. Oh, Jesus. And we were at the tail end of the season. And me and my buddy Byron stuck it out because he was the last tag that had to be filled. Everybody was done. Mm. And we, we told Berg, we said, nope, we're not leaving until your tag gets filled. And uh, that night, that night we shared some campfire stories and stuff, and we could hear these bulls bugling. They were right by camp. And kind of very close to where when you pulled up the camp and we heard all those bulls bugling. Mm-hmm. From last year, yeah. You, you told me to that. you showed me. Yeah, you showed me where the old camp was. Yeah, the old camp. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So very close to that, and sure enough, they were bugling and going nuts. And when we get up in the morning, they were bugling all night. And at a certain point, they kind of shut up. And I was like, they didn't go nowhere. They here. And uh, we hit the hard ball. I say hard ball, just dirt road, and kind of drove the road and was trying to relocate these bulls. Mm-hmm. And it was only me, Byron and my buddy Berg. And my buddy Berg has never killed a bull up to this point. And he's hunted for years. And, uh, sure enough, pulled the truck over. It's kind of like that night bugling, shuffling the road. It was five. Of, uh, it might've been four something in the morning. And, I let off a location bugle and then boom, the bulls just start going nuts. Now, remind you, I'm only about 
half a mile to a mile away from camp. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, get back in the truck. All right, this is the game plan. And, you know, you, you, you do your little huddle. You do your little huddle and you say, all right, this is what we're going to do. And Berg is so itching to get out there. But you can't even see your pins, so there's no, no need. I said, calm down, Berg. <laughs> calm down. I said, this is what we're going to do. Because these bulls are not going to move that far. I said, as soon as it's first daylight and you can see your pins, we'll move in to our first calling location. We moved into our first lo- calling location. They had moved over just one little ridge. And then me and Byron pushed Berg in a little further and we started commencing to sound like a herd. Like the herd kind of got split and you had a bull back behind them and some cows in between Berg and Byron. Mm -hmm. And when we did that, we pulled three satellites off that herd. And one satellite comes in and he is literally, literally, I'm up on the hill probably 200 yards away from Berg. And then Byron's maybe a hundred away from Berg. And I could see this bull come in. He's a nice, he's a nice satellite bull, especially for your first first bull. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, putting the tape on him, he's probably 280-ish. Okay. And uh, you know, small six point. And that bull comes in and Berg smokes him at 19 yards. Mm. 19 yards, he falls within 20. And uh, sure enough, you know, it's just communicating with the herd and kind of acting like and it was it was split. The herd was split. Mm-hmm. You'll pull some of those satellites off. Guarantee you'll pull those satellites off. But, you know, coming to mind when you was talking about just, you know, sharing a story that you know, for the first time, like first elk hunters that are getting out to the woods, especially this year, for, for ones that are coming out, maybe to Colorado out west, man, the grind that my friend Berg went through, and his first name is Keith, of course, but his his last name is out of Berg, and we, we just call him Berg. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, for the first time of him killing elk, that's a story that's untold. Like you, you cannot mimic any of those stories, especially for somebody that comes out to the West and kills their first bull or first elk. It's, it's, it's super, it's man. It was high fives and a lot of hugs and a lot, man, this took years. <laughs> you know, it, it was amazing. That's a story I haven't shared before, but I wanted to share that story with you, but you know, Berg, Berg is a busy dude, and, and as a chef, he's always busy, and it's hard for him to get time off to go hunting. And then when he does, he tre- cherishes every every moment in the woods. So for him to get him his first bull is amazing. And, John, he drew that same tag this year. Did he really? Nice. Yes, he did. <laughs> so I set up some trail cameras because I know he ain't going to hike too far. <laughs> yeah. I set up some trail cameras for him. And, well, he had uh, he had the the muzzle loader last year, didn't he? Yes, 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 he did. Yeah, he had a muzzle. It was muzzle loader cow tag, I think. Oh, he had a cow tag. That's right. Yeah, you're, right, you're, right, you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. This year, not. this year, he spent all his his points on archery, archery, uh, either sex tag. So. Oh yeah. You know he's super excited, man. I'm hyped. I'm I'm hyped up for him. I'm, Hopefully, I can help him out as much as I can before I go to Idaho. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe a couple of our our guys in the group that that you met last year, I draw the same tag. Maybe even I draw the same tag, or even the unit a couple you know blocks over, you know, mm-hmm. that we we can still share the same camp and not drive too far. Right. Right. It's always amazing. What you know, most of us you know that that come out and hunt these these Western states, you know, I would love to say I've got it done in a lot of these out over the counter, you know, units in, in Colorado uh, and I get it done 
year in and year out. But once you find your little favorite spots, you kind of stick to them. I don't care what hunter you, you talk to. they like, yeah, I know where they are. Yeah. And they go in those spots year in and year out. And they are successful. So, uh, you know, I'm not anybody any different than than you guys that are listening. Like, I try to stick to the same spots if I can draw those tags because they're hard to draw tags. Mm-hmm. So if we can get into the same spots, absolutely. And I, I, I would probably say, and I don't know, John, I would probably say, it's the same way in Arizona, right? Oh, Arizona is really tough to draw a tag. Right. And if you can draw the spots that you're going to be successful in year in and year out, then you're going to draw those spots. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a rut tag for myself in Arizona since 2014. We Jesus Christ. But I've had two late season archery tags since then so like what i did was in the, in I drew, the same areas that you usually hunt yes yes uh um, okay and um i was successful I've, I've had that late archery tag three times so i've had is one, that like two, a, three, like four. november tag i've had six six bull tags here in arizona one was a rifle tag and okay i had two rut archery tags and three mm-hmm late archery tags and i filled two tags out of the three late archery and i filled both early archery and my it's, rifle and that's an amazing feat to, to come across i'm telling you right now the uh because when, when somebody when you hear somebody drawing an arizona tag it's it's tough man yeah well i mean and that's that's I would I six would I say five or six tags? That's six tags. Six in, tags. Six tags in thirty-two years. <laughs> right. That gives all the listeners <laughs> like, man, it's tough to draw those tags. Yeah, six tags. So in 32 so years. tell me that what time frame is that late season? Is that Begin, like late November of, or December? Beginning of November. Beginning of November. Mm-hmm. And that's an archery tag, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and if if if, if you don't if you don't know where elk are at, you know, and I know I know where elk are at. It's hard to feel I, that tank. I guide people in the rifle hunt, which is just after that. So if you don't know where elk are at, and you don't have good glassing ability or a good spotter with you, that is very difficult hunt. There's some hunts like I know couple of buddies of mine that I don't want to blow up their spot. So I'm not going to tell the units, but they, they draw units that they're, they're very dry. Uh, and they'll go sit water in that late hunt and they have very good success. Very, just shooting. very good success. Yeah. Hey, tell yeah. me something about that late season, mm-hmm. John, is it easier to draw that tag than yeah. it is versus yeah, the course. September tag? For, okay. Of course. And so that's, and that's what I was getting at. So what I did after my last rut tag, uh, 2014, I drew the very next year that uh, late season tag. And then right. I went like three, two or three years. So I, I guess 2011, I'd had a late season tag. 2013, mm. 2014, back to back years, I had an archery, uh, I had the early season hunt. Right. And then 2015, and 2016, I had the late season archery hunt. So I, you know, hunted, I, I hunted 2013, 14, 15, and 16 all in a row. I've looked at, you know, for a lot of listeners, like I, I, you know, I do a lot of research when I'm talking about different states, especially Arizona, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, all these great states to hunt, Utah, and you know, I, I started doing some research on like that late season tag in, in Arizona. And tell me something is that beginning of November time frame. Of course, a lot of these bulls are done with the rut. They may talk mm-hmm. and you can get them to talk. And I praise myself on, I can get them to talk pretty much every season that there's a hunting season mm-hmm. that I'm out there bugling. I can get them to talk. Tell me, uh, how much are they talking? So some years on that hunt, you'll get that very late. 
like rut, like fourth rut. Yeah. So two times out of the three times that I had that tag, I heard bugles. And Going nuts or just no, uh, uh, occasional? Not, not uh, occasional bugles, and bulls were still pushing cows around. Bulls were still yep. the bulls are still with the cows and still chasing them around. They weren't like super active. They weren't really responding to calls, but they would bugle on their own, which would give up their location. Yep, yep, and help you get into get into the area. So, um, which reminds me, which reminds me, like you know, a couple years back, I took my son up, and it was a fourth season rifle tag, and I had the tag, of course, mm-hmm. and. My son was persistent on calling, you know, and this is before he started hunting because in Colorado, you got to be 12 years old to hunt. And, uh, you know, of course he's 13 now and, and he's been hunting. This be his second year, like getting after it. Right. He was 11 years old when I took him out and I just wanted him to be a part of it. Right. But he's always been a caller. And he was like, Dad, I just want to call. I just want to call. And I told my buddy Pat, I said, stop right here. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw some calls out. And sure enough, he throws out some calls, his calling sequence. And I didn't have a bugle tube, but I had my diaphragms. And I said, man, give me that bugle tube. And I, I blew out a bugle. And then, boom, one answers. Gave up the location mm-hmm. because... I had a cow tag. I was like, oh man, let's just go see where this, where, where this leads. And next thing you know, I kill a cow mm-hmm. that was with that, that bull. Yep. And sure enough, you're right. You know, you get those cows that go into estrus. Maybe they didn't get bred. And then sometimes later in the October frame or November frame, they still come in the heat Mm-hmm. And then they get bred later, which leads me up to kind of where you, you see those calves in early August, late August, maybe even early September. And those calves still have spots. Mm-hmm. And those cows got bred later in the season. And then they drop those calves mm-hmm. a lot later. And then you see those calves with those spots and you're like, what the heck is going on here? Right. You know, those, ca- happens, those, cows- those, those cows, because they were born later, tend to come into estrus later themselves. Right. Yeah. So you start this whole, right. this whole like line of different cycle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But so elk, and I don't know how many times it happens, but if a cow elk is not bred successfully, She'll go back into estrus, and she'll keep going back into estrus until she's bred successfully. Or I don't know. There's a there's at some point where it kind of shuts off. But oh, of course, you know I, I'm not a biologist, so, and yeah. of course, you know we're, we're we're just talk we're going in depth. But that's why you get those bulls screaming mm-hmm. in November. That's my theory, but I, I don't know. But you get those bulls screaming in November. You're like, you know, no, they're not September screaming. But they're telling you where they're at. Yeah. Yep. So for those rifle hunters or those late archery hunters that get that late season, like in November that we were just talking about for Arizona, you could still call. Sure. Yeah. I learned about that really early. So like when I first started going elk hunting with my uncle and his friends, they'd always go on that late rifle hunt. And it was, you know, mm-hmm. drive around, get out, listen, drive around, find them, go after them type situation. But I had heard bugles then and I was like, okay, well, there's definitely, there's definitely something, something going on. Yeah, right. Something going on. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the thing about any deer family, elk, moose, whitetail, muleys, blacktail, the does or the cows, they would determine the rut. Everybody thinks it's. I agree. So. I agree 100%. They determine what goes on. Right. So it's, it's just. And then. That the the astrocycles, which, which triggers the rut. And, There's no other. Right. We can talk about fall equinox. We can talk about the rut. Yeah. We can talk about all these different stuff. But if those cows or does are not bred. Mm-hmm. 
they will come back in cycle. And after they come back in cycle, you'll still have those certain bulls or certain bucks that are going nuts. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, for, for example, you know, I'll give a quick story here. It was a late season whitetail hunt that I took my wife on. Mm -hmm. And she had a buck tech was either sex tag for uh, Southeast Colorado. And that late season tag goes from like December 15th to the end of uh, December, December 31st or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I, I had thought that all these bucks would be done. Right. But I, I packed everything in the bag ready and I had tricks just in case. Mm -hmm. And we were going to just shoot from the tree stands off the river bottom, dried up river bottoms and stuff. And we popped over this hill and we were getting ready to walk to the tree stand. And I seen this buck and he was walking this tree, the dried up creek, creek bottom. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let me, it's like December 20 something, like a couple days before Christmas. And I said, let me just try this. And I rattled. Mm-hmm. In this southeast Colorado, and this buck comes running in, running, running. And I was like, what? After analyzing everything, I was like, you know, of course, my wife, you know, the buck comes up and I said, I I range him, he's 40, and my wife misses. And, you know, bad story to a good story, it was a learning experience for us because I was like, holy smokes. Some of these does have not been bred in this area. And it took me a little while to kind of realize, like, you know, all these does and cows, they determine the rut. Right. Yeah. No matter. I did, I did no research on it, actually, when I was getting my, my uh, master's degree. So and there's it, quite a it, bit of literature out there. The, the, you yeah. know, the equinox, the moon, the weather, all those things affect activity but they don't affect the rut. And what, right. tr- what triggers an estrus cycle in a doe or a cow or whatever in a female deer species is photoperiodism. It's the shortening of days. Once a certain amount of days uh, goes by where there's less light from a certain point to a certain point, that's what triggers their estrus cycle. And... That can vary from individual to individual, you know. Like here in Arizona, we have what's called a trickle rut. I've seen bucks chasing does in November, and I've seen bucks chasing does in March. Wow, March. Yeah, in March. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've well, seen I've seen deer pack their horns till late May here. And if they're still packing their horns, that means they're still something's in cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've seen that happen here in Colorado. And I shed hunting here in Colorado where I seen a bull packing his horns in May. Mm. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. He was still packing his horns. He had one side gone, but the other side was still on. And it was May when both sides should have already had dropped at that point. Yeah. But that that means he was telling it or to me, I, I'm not a biologist, I don't know. But to me, it means that he was telling it something that was still in cycle late and he packed a lot later than the, those other bulls. But also on a, another standpoint of like, you know, late cycle and stuff like that mm-hmm. that you're talking about is I wish I would have got it on film. It was a couple of years ago. And I know we're talking about different species, but I seen, you know, they're talking about, we're talking about antelope now. Mm-hmm. I seen antelope fighting, fighting in July mm-hmm. when the rut here in Colorado, I don't know for the other Western states, but the rut is usually in October mm. and they don't usually start fighting until that September time frame. And I seen them fighting in July. Mm. Like you, yeah, you, you I, throw I, questions to your head. You're like, "What is going on here?" It's, it's that's, just, that's weird. October's there. That's late. That seems late for antelope. Antelope. I know. 
I mean, there's states. You know, usually the right here in in, our is usually October. Yeah. But you you're seeing August in in Arizona. In Arizona, it's September, but September. Yeah. So for Colorado, I'm usually seeing like that late September to October time frame, and these jokers were fighting in. I don't know if they were like they were enemies or yeah. whatever. Yeah. We were driving by, me, the wife, and the kids, and they were fighting. Beginning of July, and I was like, "Holy yeah. smoke!" That seems. And I drove early. by. Yeah. Yeah, I drove by, and I was like, "Why are these guys fighting?" I said, this is way too early. They were scrapping. I said, Jesus, no does around, just them two. Yeah, I'm just surprised that Colorado being a higher latitude state yeah. is October. I would have expected it to have been right around some, that beginning, like, beginning of September. Yeah, like, yeah, right around that 9,000 so, 9, elevation. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe something, you know. It's, but anyway, I, mean, I, I know. I know. That, I mean, the, the the antelope rut is September through October, so it's very similar to that of elk. But yeah, I know some places where they. I mean, I know South Dakota, Wyoming. I could swear too when I was in New Mexico last year. I don't. I don't remember. I'm trying to make a mental note. Yeah, those bucks were chasing around. That we were there beginning of August. Yeah. Wow, they were chasing already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, a couple years ago, I was chasing bucks with the archery equipment in in August, and they had no does, no does at all. They wouldn't be with each other. They wouldn't be with each other. They the bachelor herds kind of split up, but they were kind of doing their own thing, and then um, none of them was searching. They were kind of singled out by themselves. The some of younger bucks were with the does, but the bigger bucks were by themselves. And I'm talking about antelope. And they were by themselves, and you had to single them out. And then if anybody knows coming to Colorado, hunting antelope with archer equipment, that's tough. I mean, any Western state is tough with, with archer equipment. If you ain't sitting on water hole and you don't know where they're going, that's tough. Spot and stalk is tough with antelope. But I know we were, we were on the elk thing, but I, it kind of gave me a squirrel moment where, you know, a couple of years ago where I was chasing a buck and he's by himself and he was raking, he was raking mm-hmm. in, in August, but he wasn't ruddy. Mm. He was like that pre-rut phase. Right. So he was raking cactus bushes and I was like, dude, he's by himself. I'm going to just stalk up on him. And he has no clue. And I, I ended up shooting that buck, but that was in August, but they don't really start that rut until late September to early October. Hmm. But it kind of, you know, I know I'm going down a rabbit hole here. We're talking about elk. You know, it just, it just depends when we're talking about like some of these, these units have these off, off moments and on moments. And then last year we had an off moment with that unit I'm wondering if this unit that we hunted last year is going to have an on moment. I bet you, I bet you, if you look at the success rate, it's going to go up. If you look at the success rate from year to year to year to year, you're going to see the same pattern, a very similar cycle. Mm. And you correlate that, especially in units where it's hotter, if you correlate that with moon, the activity during the full moon, you know, and I, I know you guys have a, a month-long, you know, season or whatever, so it's not as bad as a place like here in Arizona where you get two weeks if you draw right. a tag. But you'll see. There's a cycle of good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. It's pretty – or it may not necessarily be that cyclical, but it might be like good, good, bad, good, good, good bad you know but there's always right. a there's always a reason for it if you look at it it's, you know every place is different it's but it's usually environmental of some sort you know moon, I, I, moon rain uh weather driven whatever and that always constitutes to like we were talking about earlier is the rut doesn't change but their activity level changes how aggressively they're bugling how long they're staying up in the morning before they go to bed how soon do they come back out at night you know 
those kind of things. And for the average hunter, that takes away a lot of your ability to get one. Man, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't agree anymore. I got a question for you since I'm on the phone with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go year in and year out. I've hunted this particular unit that we're talking about right now. I've hunted this unit year in and year out. And then I disappeared and started hunting OTC units. And, you know, of course, I've been successful in OTC units. And then I disappeared and came back to this unit. And then I, I seen the vegetation growth. Mm-hmm. How much does that affect, do you think, your your opinion, how much effect does that have on some of the elk? And, like, you went from low vegetation to, like, chest high you know, I'm I'm only five seven, so mm-hmm. chest high, and then you're six foot in ish, and and some of that brush that we were dealing with last year was, you know, as tall as you. Yeah. How, how much do you think does that have effect with some of those elk? In your opinion, well, it, it has year? a lot of effect. You know, the, you know the the their ability. And it depends. It all, all depends on the type of vegetation, the mixture of it, what what right. what it's in, what it's out, you know. But typically, and this is why, like forest fires and all that stuff, create uh, uh, good for the most part in places that get rain. Anyway, creates good habitat for elk. But right. And if and let, let's take a forest fire, okay? So like a, a thing burns for the five to even sometimes 10 years after that burn, that it burned after the first year or two, it's usually awesome, awesome hunting in there. There's always elk in there because a certain level of feed is growing. Then that, right. then that feed gets to a point where it's no longer, one, it might not be palatable. It might just not be good feed for them. But then it gets too tall or whatever, and it makes it difficult for them to navigate. Or, you know, they'll... All those things come into play. So yes, you know the. I always tell people, you're going to find elk, deer, whatever animal, in the same places that you found them, as long as the habitat did not change drastically. As soon as the habitat changes, they're going to go and seek different vegetation, different, different, growth. different everything. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for finding deer, elk, whatever. If you find deer, elk in this type, you know, type A, uh, spot, it's got this kind of terrain, this many facing, uh, northeast facing slopes, this many, you know, open areas on, on the South side and has water within this distance and that distance. And if you take all those pieces of the puzzle and you look for those same exact things somewhere else in that unit or somewhere else in that state, and you find all that, those components with the same juxtaposition with the same, you know, being adjacent to each other the same way, I can guarantee Mm -hmm. you, you are going to find deer or elk in that same spot, in the, in that absolutely. other in that other spot, yeah, absolutely. Because those animals look for those things. So if that that there's a spot that's really good right now that has this secret sauce of uh, you know all the right pieces to the puzzle, chances are if you find those same pieces of the puzzle somewhere else, it'll be they'll be good. It'll be good. Well. It'll yes. be good. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I, I'm just picking your brain on some of that stuff because, you know, I, I know we're in different states and we, we don't we don't talk all often, but we do talk a lot. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at that last, you know, last year, like, man, what has changed? Because I went, you know, 23, 25 days without filling my tag. But, you know, within the first five days, I could have filled my tag and then it kind of went cold. Well, I mean, we, the first few days that I was there, there we, I mean, except for that fir- first night, I mean, we really couldn't. It was hard. We couldn't drum up nothing. Yeah, it was hard. I was. We could. 
I wasn't, yeah. I was convinced that, you know, I should have took that freaking bull the first night that I let, right, your, buddy, right. I let your buddy uh, get a crack at. <laughs> I was like, but oh, I, I my felt bad. Goodness. I was, I would have been a real dick move if I showed up and been like, yeah, all right, I'm taking this guy. <laughs> but, but the truth be told, after that point, it got cold as ice. And then it didn't really pick up until the late, the latter part of season. The last was, two days. You know, the last part is part of the days that you were there. Yeah. So I was just, you know, picking your brain a little bit because I love, you know, honestly, you know, you would say, oh, Jermaine Hodge or John Stallone knows everything. No, we no. don't know everything. We learn. We learn as we go. We learn as we go. And last year was like that, that, that season tested my whole ability. I was like, wow, can yeah. we get it done? During the toughest part of season, and honestly, we, season, we almost did. We almost did. Yeah, we in did. the latter part of season, we yeah. really, we did, we did, John. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you. you I know you. you yeah, home. you and Pat got one. What like two days after I left? <laughs> yep. Yep. The, bla- the black cloud left, and you and you uh, you guys were able to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we did. But it was tough. Shit, I went. It was super. When I was hunting with Pat for those two first two days, I didn't even hear an elk. That's insane because usually we could throw up an Pat. elk. I blame Pat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and if the if viewers don't know, I know he just won. I just he I was just won world championships. I, uh, I send him a text text message, man. He oh man. man, he did he did a good job. That was awesome. Yeah. And if it, and his yeah, son too, right? Uh, his son got second. Oh, second. I thought for some reason. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. But I mean, second, whatever, either way. Hey, man, on the stage of world championships, that's tough, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's tough. But, you know, you work and you work and you work. For the, for the ones that are trying to come out west and hunt, man, it's not easy, but you have to keep after it. That's all, like, a lot of people on Instagram hit me up and they're like, hey, you know, you ever hunted this unit, ever hunted that unit? Maybe I haven't hunted this unit or that unit. And uh, I tell them, you know, this is probably where I would start. Mm-hmm. And it turns out good for them for a little bit and then it dies off. And then they're, they're asking me questions. I'm not there. I really don't know. Yeah, you can. What I will tell you is, man, I would dedicate – if you're coming out out west to hunt these elk, at least ten days. Give it ten days. Yeah. If you can give it more, give it more, but at least ten days. Mm. And on on a ten day DIY hunt, you will learn a lot. If not, you'll kill. Yep. That's my experience. Yep. But I mean, I, I you know, I, I I look at it as you know, of course, I'm out west and I'm in Colorado. And uh, Idaho's probably going to humble me severely, but. I, well, you're, up, uh, we're, I know where you're going, man. I'm telling you right now, it's a you're tough gonna, country. You're, you're going to be digging for them. You're going to be trying to, you know, dig them up for sure. That's, a, that's okay. The, if we could dig them up. Yeah. We got three world champion callers. We better dig them up. Right. If we can't dig them up, something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. if we can dig them up. I feel like we got a chance and for the ones that's coming out West and trying to hunt out West, especially this year, once you dig them up, stay on them, stay on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's public land. Stay on them. You got to. Yeah. yeah, man. I, 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 uh, I had too many horror stories where you, you leave up to try to go find them. Oh, yeah. We did that with deer. It, we did that with deer last year. Which kind of was stupid, but we ended up making it happen. Um, and we came back and we refound them. So we 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 came we back found to the group that yeah, she was originally after. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but well, man, I want to thank you for coming on. And, uh, well, man, it was it was great, knowledge. man. Great touching base with you, and then kind of sharing some stories and and also uh, sharing our experiences in the woods because. Like what we just shared mm-hmm. was stuff that me and you would talk on the sideline about. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, it's, not, it's 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 not the sexy shit, you know. It's no, not the stuff that people the... tune into. But if you pay attention to those little nuanced things, I think you know it definitely yeah. prepares you better for for what is to come. <laughs> That's for That's sure. That's right. You're yeah. you're exactly right. You're yeah. exactly right. It could be highs and lows. Yeah. Yep. Highs and lows. Without a doubt. Well, go get ready for tack, man. Uh, I won't eat up more anymore. You I'm already ready. Yeah, you're always ready. Born ready. <laughs> hey, hey, you're not listen, shooting those wobbly ass fucking arrows you were shooting last year, were you? <laughs> I'm shooting them same wobbly arrows, but they they straighted this time. Oh, good. <laughs> hey, listen, mm. for the ones that don't know me, hey, listen, army. One of the army things that taught me: you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. So stay ready for every moment. There you go. Stay ready. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right, brother. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely, John. Have a good one. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor. Go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%. All one word. And check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.